When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Hi, this is Jason Haladnik from Oxford Tirecraft, and this is the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Andrew Ross. Now, for most folks these days, the idea of remote working is certainly one that we become all familiar with. Now, in this economy with an essential business like the automotive aftermarket, certainly, you know, a lot of professionals in the automotive aftermarket are required to be in their places of work and in shops uh, and in the bays uh, across this country and across the continent. However, uh, my guest today, Jason Haladnik, has managed to be a shop owner who has also managed to remote work. I'm going to have, have him tell his story about that and how he manages to do that. Welcome, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And, and uh, we're joined also by uh, Murray Voth, Indie Garage contributor extraordinaire and, and uh, consultant to the industry and trainer to the industry. Welcome, Murray. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Hi, Jason. Hey, Murray. Good to see you. Yeah. So, you know, this is a little surprising, I think, for a lot of folks. How, uh, tell us a little bit about your business first, and then how do you manage to manage uh, remotely? Right, right. So uh, our business, uh, we're, um, we do uh, automotive services and tires. Uh, so it's a pretty much a, a split. We do a, a ton of uh, services. You know, we've been in business since 2009 and um, we've been uh, we've been consistently growing our business year after year and uh, sticking with uh, certain policies and processes that, you know, has uh, helped us gain uh, trust and consistent, always consistent in the, in the customer's eyes. So, yeah. Sure. Now, now I know that, you know, it might be the dream of a lot of shop owners to just kind of phone it in, as it were, <laughs> you know, sit on a beach maybe when we get to travel and, and run their businesses right. remotely. But how have you managed to like make, I mean, this is obviously an unusual situation for everybody. We're often forced to kind of make these decisions, but uh, tell us a little bit specifically about how you're, how you're managing with the remote uh, working situation for yourself and, and how that works with keeping the business on track. Right, right. So here's the thing, Andrew, um, when this all happened uh, just over a year ago, when COVID hit, it was completely different ballgame. At that point, uh, we had the majority of the staff wanted to close and, and take the time off. And that was mostly the counter staff and, and our admin support. But we, I also had uh, about uh, four guys in the shop that wanted to keep working. So now I have a decision to make, you know, do we close or, you know, can we find a way to stay open and support? So when this all started, my, my main focus was how do we do this and how do we do it safely if we're going to continue to operate? And that right there was my guiding principle. I thought if we can do this and we can stay open, you know, we want to do it safely. And at the end of all this, I want to be able to look back and go, yeah, we did it and we did it right. And we kept everybody safe. So those were kind of my guiding principles. So to start, you know, I had, um, I had the technology to access my, my software uh, remotely. So when we started this, uh, we had, um, I, it was myself and uh, four technicians in the back and we had our shuttle driver that wanted to stay on so early on i lost my assistant manager our service advisor our admin and our shop foreman uh they all 
took a couple of weeks off. And, um, and actually, uh, if, if I remember correctly, at that time, our shop foreman actually uh, uh, got, uh, became ill. And we weren't sure if that was uh, COVID related or not. So he, he isolated for two weeks. So we put a plan together and uh, we had um, uh, one of our technicians uh, kind of did logistics. So we would have people drop their keys off in envelopes and I would start creating work orders from the home office. And the very first thing we did uh, when we decided to stay open was we closed our front door. So that right there kept our clients safe and kept our staff safe. And, uh, and then from there, we just started to build and uh, we started to build processes and how things were. And I mean, it's been over a year now and, and here we are. Now, Murray, you want to weigh in here and, and, and uh, you know, uh, sort of bring folks up to speed on, on kind of how, where this is falling in, in regard to kind of the bigger picture for, for shops. Sure. So in regards to the industry as a whole, quite a few shops initially did the closed door policy. Usually it came from that inner principle of safety for everybody, right? It came closed door policy. And then it began to change. Uh, Jason continues to be closed door. Um, you know, Aaron Vaughn from Kinetic Auto in Regina. She continues to have closed door policy. And then everybody else did a bit of a blend with pickup and delivery, other protocols in place. And again, it depended on the province and the jurisdiction, what ended up happening. But the interesting thing was, initially, a lot of clientele, you know, were grateful that they could still bring their cars in because, you know, we're an essential service, but a car is an essential thing to people getting to work or dealing with their lives. And so a lot of them were grateful that this happened, but then it began to come out in April towards May of last year. Well, this is really cool. Why didn't we do this before? And then the questions were, why can't we keep doing this? Because I don't have to leave my house. I can keep working and you can pick up my car and, and drop it off and, and work. I don't know why I ever had to be at the shop, <laughs> right? That consumer began to, you know, the research began to show that, that part of it. And then all of a sudden, and, and JD Power was a contributor to, you know, you, you brought some of their research to this too, Andrew, mm-hmm. was a contributor to a lot of the surveys throughout, you know, the summer, last, last summer. And then all of a sudden, a lot of my clients and even some of the surveys showed that the clientele were back to dropping their car off as opposed to, you know, if they, if they were allowed to, but the, the inside research to that was, is the, our industry was still the only one of the few essential services where they could legitimately come in and talk to another human being. Right. So what happened was, is it wasn't about convenience. It was just about a point of human contact. And then it kind of rolled out further to the point now where people have really gotten accustomed, not everybody, but really gotten accustomed to, you know, and again, there's all kinds of variations on how people are doing it, but this idea of I can drop off my keys in a night drop envelope system, right? In that the, the secure thing to the wall of the shop. Uh, a lot of shops are now buying the lock boxes with combination locks on them for a pickup. The keys can be picked up. And the thing about think about the convenience of that. I can drop off my car anywhere in 24 hours. I can pick up my car anywhere in 24 hours. And like Jason does, is he sends estimates, sends inspections to people via email or text. They respond. He he tells the office and the office, you know, the dispatches of the work and the technicians keep doing it. So I think there's an opportunity for our industry to really, you know, take advantage of the fact that we can now switch gears and do this for a lot of people. And the beauty of it is, is, you know, they used to talk about location, location, location. Well, guess what? Maybe we can have some black box shops in lower cost areas because we're losing aftermarket shops in the big urban centers, right? Because of the cost of real estate. But let's say, for example, we can be in an industrial area, you know, and this this begins to pave the way for for 
car sharing services, autonomous. Like this is really a leading edge thing, I think that Jason and Aaron and a couple of their peers are actually doing. Sure. Now, Jason, you know, you, you sort of touched on some of the technology that you had in place. I wonder if you can kind of maybe expand on, you know, the pieces that really helped you uh, make this possible to do these kinds right. of, uh, you know, transactions and, you know, uh, generate the work orders, et cetera, from your remote office. So just to circle back a little bit, uh, when this all started, our platform has always been as we always wanted to, to support every individual in within our business. So if some folks, you know, wanted to stay, we were going to support that. But if some folks wanted to take the time off, you know, we supported that. And I just wanted to bring that up. I feel that was, you know, it's always been about our people and making sure that, you know, we're supporting individuals. And then, so as for the technology, uh, it's internet-based obviously. And, you know, I have access to my full, uh, our system, our invoice uh, creation system. And so moving forward, what we did is we, I started communicating to the tech, communicating to the techs via text. So they would inspect the vehicle and, you know, find out things that they recommend. And they would just text me the information with a picture of our inspection report. And then from there, I would create the estimate. Uh, and then I would just text the client the information and, and, and got, get authorization from there. What makes a lot of this possible is that we had really good procedures and policies in place prior to COVID. So that is a big key because, you know, everyone knew what was expected of them. And because we had those consistent processes, now, you know, we're able, we know what, we know what everyone is, their job is and, and, and how they, we, we do things. Now we're just doing it. We're still communicating the same uh, we're still communicating back and forth, but we're doing it necessarily face to face anymore. So yeah, cell phone, I've done uh, so much business on my cell phone. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. But what I have also found as a service advisor is uh, the time that I now have to properly uh, estimate, uh, to look at factory recommendations. Um, you know, as, as an advisor on the counter, I mean, you're, you're trying to do those things, but also you're, you're dealing with people walking in or reps walking, walking in, or, you know, and then you get, you know, the, the phone's ringing, then the tech comes in, uh, which is everyday business. But with our doors being locked, we don't have that foot traffic coming in. Right. And just that alone, we have saved so much time and so much more efficient with getting answers and properly, um, sharing information to our clients. Uh, it's, it's, it's really been a, an eye opener for me. And, and when I think with this landscape, the pressure that service advisors have just on a normal day, pre COVID at the counter, you know, people walking in and out of the shop daily, can you imagine being a service service advisor and having to deal with all that same stuff, but now you bring COVID into the mix mm -hmm. and the stress that folks may feel, is the people coming in, dropping their keys off. Could I, you know, could I contract this disease, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. so and again, that's why we felt important to you know, close the door. And, and I'll tell you another thing too, is when we did that, you know, there was going to, there's always going to be pushback, you know, whether it's from peers or from customers, because it's a new way of doing things. But the guiding principle is that anytime we had a hiccup or things didn't go as smooth or, you know, we were, you know, our processes were falling down. The guiding principle was always, are we keeping everybody safe? Are we doing what we can do to continue business, but keep our, our clients and keep our staff safe? 
And that was always my guiding principle. So when we had rough starts trying to get this figured out, I, I just knew in my heart it was, it was the right thing to do, you know? So. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and it sounds like you're, you know, when you put that at the forefront, it, it, it helps to really clarify any kind of decisions or potential friction you might have with, with a customer who wants to do something the way they used to do it. And, right. and from a messaging standpoint, say, you know, we're just trying to keep everybody safe. I mean, but here's, here's the thing, Andrew, the one thing I found is that when this happened last March, you know, we're getting into our tire changeover season. So, you know, I wasn't sure if the phone was even going to be ringing. I mean, right. with everything going on, but what we found uh, that, you know, people still wanted to book appointments and things like that. And so there was that growing pain because all of a sudden you can't come into our shop. You can't wait. Uh, no, we always did pick up and delivery, but the difference was we weren't giving shuttle rides anymore due to COVID. Uh, so what we started doing there is that the people that couldn't drop off or you know, could drop off, but needed a ride, you know, we would arrange a taxi for them. Right. And, what I found out is, uh, you know, a $5 taxi ride uh, saves a lot of time for uh, just our, our staff back and forth, you know. But then as we went over that hurdle and we got into the summer and then COVID was in our area was kind of, you know, you know, going down, I thought, you know, no, we're going to keep going with this because now we're, 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 we're starting something new and, we've gone all this way and now clients are starting to get more comfortable with the way we're doing business. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, we've been consistent, we've been consistent. So now when the fall rush came, the people that uh, saw us back in, you know, for the, for the tire side that saw us back last spring, now they're getting their winter tires on. Well, they're already familiar with the process. Right. So now it's a lot easier for the client experience, you know? So then I thought, well, now we're onto something because now we're, we're, we're really changing our process and it's not just the internal process, but it's that customer process. Mm -hmm. Once they're more comfortable with it, boy, this, this makes a lot of sense on both sides, you know? So. Sure. I mean, you obviously, you know, you've been forced to adjust in some of the, obviously the face to face, but it sounds like you've been able to maintain processes that you had put in place. I mean, there's a few new wrinkles, the idea of being able to to learn that, you know, uh, just securing somebody a complimentary or just arranging for a cab for them it has a, a maybe unexpected benefit for the efficiency of your business. Uh, but you had these things in right. place or a lot of them in place already, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and this is why uh, we're, we're uh, you know, where we are today. I mean, it's been over a year and because a lot of this stuff was already in place, we've just been able to tweak it and kind of mold it to the new, new COVID era. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a challenge, um, but it's, um, again, uh, when we're, when we're past this, I can honestly tell you that I can look back and go, you know what, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we're, we're sticking with it because knock on wood, everyone's been safe. And really that's what all this came about is sure. how do we operate safely, right? Sure. Now, Murray, when, when you hear, you know, Jason talk about the processes and, and really making putting the emphasis on that as opposed to some of the technology pieces that he had in place. I mean, what what do you see as opportunities to learn for for uh, other shops out there? Well, one of the things that I think Jason was very creative with uh, from a tire standpoint, um, and he's taught me quite a bit about the tire side of the industry as well. Is you know some shops like him store some tires, a, a sort of a set of tires that you know there's a number of sets in storage for their clients that they pay for storage, and most shops you know that store tires 
have just waited for their clients to call them up and say, hey, I'm coming in for my tires. Can you get them out of storage, right? I'm going to make an appointment. Well, Jason's one of the first ones who took that list and, you know, two, three weeks before changeover season begins to call them all up and says, hey, as a preferred client of Oxford Tire and Auto, you know, we've got your stored tires here. We're beginning to take reservations for the changeover season, right? right? And then the thing, the other thing we looked at was, well, let's look at all your regular clients who, who store their own tires and bring them in. Because again, this industry tends to be so reactive. And it was like, look into your system and see how many, and I forget how many Jason had going in there, but I know another, another shop owner that uh, uh, Jason, you know, Brad, right? We talked about uh, Brad counted all the potential appointments that he could have. And it was 350 cents. Right. And he looked at his schedule for you know March, April, you know March, April, and May, and he went between the stored ones and this other 350. I'm going to be packed if I don't call these people and I let other new new customers in. Then I'm going to have this situation where my regulars are going to call me up and I'm not going to be able to fit them in, or I'm going to be working late, or I'm going to disappoint them. And so the whole idea is is being proactive with this changeover season. All of a sudden, gives you opportunity to to slow the thing down. The clients don't feel processed. They feel cared for. They feel special because they're a premier client, a preferred client of the company. They have a reservation for their changeover. You know, you can add ancillary services, like maybe not a timing belt or a timing chain, but you could probably do cabin air filter, air filter, some wipers. And next thing you know, this $40, $50, $60 changeover turns into $120, $130 invoice. And the client has received the value that goes with that. So Jason's really been pioneering that piece and i've seen the results in his numbers of of pioneering that piece and and again back to this the the clients themselves being reactive they they've always had this feeling that they have to rush and get in line at a shop to get their tires changed over when when they, when they really think about it they go you know what i can literally be without my car for half a day or a day like if i if i really think about it so the pandemic and then jason and his team have caused their clients to really think this through and now, Jason, people are leaving their car all day just for a changeover, right? All, all day. Yeah. And, and it's because of that consistent approach, right? Right. They, they know what to expect now. And, and can you imagine for a tire changeover, I've got someone that's going to leave their car for the whole day. Right. It's amazing. And so when, when we don't have that pressure anymore, so now we can get it in. Uh, and now we can check the alignment. Uh, you know, we can do that courtesy inspection for the client to share information. Uh, and and before it was always such a rush. So okay, uh, we do this inspection here, good. But this one got missed, and we did this one here, and this one got missed, and that kind of just seemed to be okay. Well, we're so busy. But now, when those cars are dropped off, and clients realize they can be without their car for a day. Uh, it's better for everybody because the the client's getting a, a better service experience, and we have uh, we have less stress because people aren't waiting. Right. And the expectation is you drop it off at eight, and we'll have it ready to go by five. And so this is something in my dialogue to clients is that yep, uh, when can you book me in? I can get you in Friday, and can you drop it off um, by eight? I will have it ready to go by five. Is that okay? So now you set that expectation, and then if the car is ready to go by two o'clock, perfect. Yeah, uh, and and it, as you say, you know, one of the stresses for a lot of folks, particularly in uh, parts of the country where there's a mandatory tire change, is there are certain times of the year where they're all they're doing is busting tires, right? 
not doing like no inspections, just, you know, cars lined up out the door. And the first time there either there's a, a, a trace of snow in the air or when that date is approaching where they have to have it mandatory switched over. And, you know, you're sure you're changing tires, but, you know, no inspections, maybe some oil changes, possibly not, depending on how busy you are and not really being able to give the customer the full service that I know shops really want to provide. Right. How is that beneficial to a client where you're just you're putting four tires on and sending them down the road. They might be happy because you got them in and out in half an hour. But let's say the there's a, there's an issue with the left front brake. Let's say there's a, looks like it's been overheated, or you know you've got reverse light bulbs out or wiper blades. I mean, these are things that clients might not be focused on because they forget about it. But I'll tell you what, when they turn on those wiper blades, uh, and we caught the wiper blades, and they will remember that. So wow, yeah, you know they did those. But the flip side to it is that you just jam the tires on. Out the door goes. Next thing you know, two weeks later, you got a break, you know, break noise or your, your wiper blades or, you know, it's just yeah. slowing the process down has always been one of my goals, but it always has been a challenge because for a tire side of it, we get just so much uh, condensed within a small period of time. But when we are getting those vehicles dropped off and again, it's, it's working on those principles of keeping clients safe. You know, it, when you believe it, it, when you truly believe it, it, you, you can change things and it really makes a lot of sense. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's a really nice, nice point to end on Jason. Thank you, Murray, for uh, taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much, Jason. It sounds like you had a great operation there and, and been able to do a really exemplary job of uh, serving your customers in, in a really, and keeping your staff, staff safe as well in this uh, time that uh, Thank you. we're in right now. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Be safe, be strong, be well, take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Shout out to Hannah, who helps us put these together, too. Thanks, everybody. This is the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Be well. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca. A brand of Chat Integrated Media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.